Welcome to the Active Digital Podcast, brought to you by your co-hosts, Joe Wimble-Groves and Simon Reynolds. Joe is an author and the co-owner of Active Digital Communications. Simon is a Formula One driver performance coach and previously worked for the McLaren F1 team for over a decade. Join us to learn from elite athletes and entrepreneurs to discover why optimizing your human performance is integral to the success of every business. Today, we are excited to be joined by Olympic medalist Steve Backley, OBE. The former javelin athlete talks to us about how winners are made, not born. Steve shares his words of wisdom with us on how you can access a level of performance that can maximize your potential, both in business and in your everyday life. Good morning, chaps. Hello. How you doing? Yeah, really good, actually. Good, good. Uh, yeah, the sun's shining. What, what, could be, what could be worse? Eh? I know. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful day. Um, so we're just introducing you to Simon, who I say is my, my glamorous co-host. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I thought that was more you, Joe. sorry. <laughs> Make a good tea. And we're talking all around well-being and performance. And when we're thinking about performance, Steve, you are the perfect person for us to, to chat to today. Um, but I wondered if you could do, for anybody that doesn't know you, I mean, everybody should know who you are, but maybe you could do... You I know. never assume, as a 50-something-year-old middle-aged person, I never assume that. You, you, you might have a very good memory in some black-and-white flickery video from the from the, from the late 90s, but um, yeah, we, maybe we should do something of an introduction. Shall I do that, or do you want to do that? Oh, I'd love you to, you tell, tell us about your, as a, you know, your Olympic journey and to where you are now. Well, yeah, look, I, I won't go on too much, but in a nutshell, I was a track and field athlete. I competed, oh goodness, I started as my first sort of senior year was 1989. I was, I went straight from being a junior athlete to being ranked world number one, broke the world record the following year. So I had a, this sort of amazing, you know, meteoric rise to the top of my sport, but then spent the next 15 years trying to hang on to that level of of, uh, of performance so look, I've always um, been fascinated by performance in a wider context I had the pleasure of going to four Olympic Games working with some of the greatest specialists from you know different support services around sport that apply to to life beyond sport and I, I suppose that's where my fascination and passion lies in retirement post 2004 when I went to my last Olympics is in performance in its in its wider context and, and how to help other people learn from you know what what I learned in doing it well so in the mistakes I made and, and, and what went right and wrong throughout that decade or so 15 years maybe of competing at the top so um yeah I was a javelin thrower doesn't really matter on the event that was just a vehicle that took me to my, my passion which was all about the Olympic Games if I'm honest so um yeah good, good fun while it lasted but it comes to an end and, and like I say now, I work in the field of performance with my colleague, Roger Black. And um, yeah, we, we, we help individuals and teams and organisations to help their team, to help their individuals, help them with their clarity, with their passions, with their confidence, with their well-being. And, and you know, we do it in typically in a room. But as, as ever, we've all moved online. We're all on Zoom now. And uh, so, so here we are. Yeah, now that's brilliant. That's such a great introduction. And I remember, you, well, you came to see us, I think when you came out for the, uh, was it the Athens Olympics? Was that 2004 when you were out with Richard? And when you come out of your final Olympics and you think, right, what's that transition look like from being, an, you know, once an Olympian, always an Olympian, but then how do you then decide, right, I'm going to go into business now? Yeah, it's a, it's a fortunate 
position, but in some ways, but in other ways, a tricky one because, you know, you're mid thirties typically as a retired sportsman, certainly in athletics, that's the case, maybe longer in some sports, you know, younger in, in others, but, you know, you finish at an age where you clearly have time to start a new career, but have turned your back on industry or, you know, colleagues, friends, who you know went on to build businesses and you know city traders and are professionals in different walks of life and you you look at them and think okay well I'm not going to catch up so um, from a professional point of view necessarily um, or maybe that was possible I don't know but here I am sort of 15 years on as many years retired as I did competing uh, and I'm still I'm still asking myself that question actually to be honest with you Joe <laughs> but actually no the truth is um, I've massively believe in in being multifaceted, having multiple sources of income makes you more stable. I think we've really felt that in the last year or so, you know, having one profession and being in one, you know, very narrow em employment makes you quite vulnerable, actually. And I think that's possibly one of the transitions and one of the changes we'll see going forward. We know that, you know, the employed world will be more transient, it'd be more fluid. And, and you know, with that comes challenges and opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, can you remember how you met my brother, Richard? <laughs> I can, so of course I can. Um, uh, Richard and I go, go back many, many years uh, on the golf course initially. I remember down, down at a golf course in Kent called Moatlands that uh, is no longer uh, a golf course, unfortunately, but uh, it was a very, uh, very pleasant place to be. And I regularly see Richard there from a distance, knowing that he was the ex-England schoolboy golfer, thinking, oh, goodness, he's got to be good. And, I, and then I heard somebody say, um, oh God, don't, don't play with Richard. He takes it far too seriously. You know, and I thought, I like him already. I like him already. I want to play golf with him. And uh, do you know what, Richard? And, 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 and I, this applies, I suppose, to, to yourself as well, Joe. I think, you know, the thing with Active Digital and being involved in your, your journey, uh, it's been such a pleasure because of your, your passion for performance as well I think I almost feel like you have a an Olympic attitude to your business you know you're you're always looking to optimize you you care you, it's personal it's you you, you know you, you it's very hands-on even though you run the business you're 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 in you work in the business and on the business and and it's a, it's a performance environment where you you know you've been creative and flexible you know you know in the last year probably you know, it's a good example of that so i I've, I've felt right at home from the get-go and and it's good to be here with you here you know all these years later 20 years later in fact is it something i know like i know no we love having you as a company ambassador and, and you're right you know when i think about my brother and both of us think we're, we're fiercely competitive but so motivated to want to do well in whatever we're doing whether it's together as a business or, or you know some of our own projects and my brother on his WhatsApp, it always makes you smile every day because you know how you can change the text at the top of your WhatsApp. He's, he's flat out today, ready for tomorrow. And that is so Richard, isn't it? Because he he's full pedal down or full pedal off. He doesn't have um, an in-between. And, and for me, you know, I do, I get up every day and I'm so motivated to want to, to want to do well. And I think, like you say, mindset is, is everything, isn't it? I, I know you see that as well, Simon. Yeah, no, I think it's... Um... I mean, it's, it's, it's an honour to talk to you, Steve, actually, as, a, as an oh, Olympian, I have to say. Um, I've had the pleasure of working in Formula One and worked with uh, nine Formula One drivers during my 14 years at McLaren. And uh, I've seen, seen, you know, the kind of competitive nature of athletes, but also that mindset where you're so driven and, and confident in what you do that that can apply really well in business. 
But one of the significant things that I've experienced this year more than anything is the power of uh, relationships in business and building, building a network of relationships. And obviously your time working with Active Digital has evolved over 20 years. And I just wonder if you could share a little bit about you know, what you enjoy about it and, and, how, and how that has evolved. Yeah, look, it's, it's, um, it's evolved in a, in a sense that um, you guys, Joe and Richard, the, the team has clearly grown. But, but the, what I love about it is the ethics and the, you know, the, the values remain the same. And, and what, I, what I particularly like is the forward thinking nature of the business. You know, I think that's what sports people do. I think it's what successful people do in all walks of life is they, the, only type, the only thing you can change is the, is, is the present. Um, and that affects the future and, and we're all in control of our own futures and what we think what we feel and what we do and you know that's that's absolutely if you, you know if you lose sight of that as a sportsman if you dwell on you know you, something that's bad or something in the past you you stand still and um there's one you know the, the only place you stand still or if you stand still is, is is you go is you go backwards um so that's what i you know active digital is what i love about so the company, the, the individuals, the dynamic and the, the, uh, the culture within the organisation is, is, is a forward thinking one. And um, I think that's a very healthy place to be. I think we're so lucky being in tech as well because we can't stand still. You know, it's sure. ever evolving. I think we're so fortunate that we are in an industry that is just constantly changing. And, you know, and I think that's really exciting for our employees as well because they could be selling a new product next week that, that's, that's just come to market. And it is just for, yeah, ever evolving. I mean, when you think of the technology that's evolved whilst you've done what you do so well, you know, you look back at the technology itself, like the physical handsets that you would have sold in the early 2000s or, you know, late 90s, whenever it was it first started. You know, it's just a, it's, it's just amazing, really, the transformation in what's possible. And I think that's that's a, that's the only thing that really limits people is is the appreciation of what is possible, of what we're capable of. Uh, and, and that's part of what I you know, try to and like to help people with. And again, where that fit comes in is if we believe that anything's possible, then it's a good, you know, it's a good place to start, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Steve, you know, tell us how's the last 12 months been for you? I know we've spoken on a couple of occasions and considering, you know, you are used to standing on a podium and, and delivering talks, um, which you've been doing for, you know, probably over 20 years now, as well as being in a room doing your workshops with, with, with Roger. On, on performance and leadership and all of a sudden all of that's taken away from you yeah and and that that was a wrench I, I, I'm not gonna lie that was that was tough because we we love being in a room we love the um you know just from a personal indulgence point of view if I may you know just that whole thing of standing on a stage and, and engaging with an audience and interacting with people as you know as lovely as this is guys you know it's you know, I look forward to being in a room together you know just to breathe the same air and and you just get you get you know more out of it um, that said this is incredibly efficient uh, in terms of its reach so there's pros and cons but to but in all honesty the events world came to a grinding halt i mean we we've done a scattering of of events i could probably count them on, on on two hands certainly over the last year in terms of actual you know motivational presentations down down the camera i, I haven't done many that that said we have reinvented ourselves somewhat because we have a, a digital service now where we, we, we have a much more scalable proposition by productizing and, and having a, a, you know, a video database which people can access for, for help in, in, in different areas. So, you know, we're trying to use technology, maybe learning from digital and, and being, being creative and being flexible and, be, and, you know, 
in, in the knowledge that events will come back and they may, you know, may even come back with a vengeance because I think there's a real hunger, a real thirst for, you know, being in a room and the challenges that we've all faced to be able to share them, acknowledge them, first of all, you know, where are we? Are we OK? And, and be able to look each other in the eye and, and really empathise and appreciate the challenges we've all faced because we've all kind of we've all done this slightly differently, I guess. Um, whilst we've all been forced on online and, and felt similar feelings, we don't really know. And I think that's the one thing you get from a room is that intimacy and that ability to really flick over every stone to gain the, the, the full awareness that we, that we all know is important in, in a performance journey. So, so, yeah, look forward to that coming back. But for now, it's been slow. It's been, <laughs> it's been a, a battle, but the, the, the change in direction. And I think that there's, a, there's almost a lesson in that, you know, when things change, we have to change with them. If we, if we fight and say, no, I'm going to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result, we all know what that is, that's the definition of. So being able to, to, to step back, assess well, what is possible and, and then rebuild is uh, is part of a winning mindset i guess no definitely i'm trying to think what that saying is steve it says you can't change the wind adjust your sails or, or something along along those lines and it's it's probably been the same for you then simon if you're training people you're used to training people especially if they're you know they're drivers you're used to having them in front of you while you're you know telling them what their techniques are and what they need to be doing yeah, I mean, I, I had to adapt to a more remote way of working. So I actually look after a driver um, over in Holland who I've never met and I've been training him for a year and uh, he's made significant changes over that period to his athleticism. So I always, always believe that you have to build a foundation, a base first. So you build that stability and robustness of the body before you layer up that intensity. And, and that's the ethos that I've used with all drivers that I've worked with. Um, progressing them from sort of grassroots um, all the way up to Formula One uh, to endure the sort of, you know, uh, constraints, phys physiological constraints on their body. I think for me, I was just going to say a little bit about working with Active Digital is that I think as, as an Olympian like yourself, Steve, and as somebody, a coach who works, who works with drivers and, and athletes at a high level is, is using that performance model to help other people in business and to help the office worker who sits all day long on their computer, optimize their performance doing that, whether it's sort of giving them more breaks uh, so they can go out for walks, whether it's actually recommending they sort of move on a regular basis and giving them the insight and exercises to doing things like that as part of this wellbeing program that we're doing. But I just wanted to ask you, what significance do you feel and how important it is for companies to address wellbeing of their employees yeah look, I, I think it's probably it was it was massively important pre-covid I think it's gone off the chart of its with its importance during covid because of the challenges so many people face I think what's been unusual for um, some people um, and, and, and it's it, I think you know people have gone in various directions but for some people they've been able to perform and do their job quite admirably online and go to zoom and do the what they do but the cost is quite quite high um, because the, the you know maybe working from home um, you know naturally would have been working from home uh, wouldn't have had the breaks wouldn't have had the, the natural flow of being in your home when you're relaxing and away from your home when you're working so that, that simple thing of being able to divide your time and understand when I'm switching on for work and when I'm able to switch off and recover and recuperate you know those simple patterns of you know, behaviours that we maybe became routine and habit for, mo for most of us were gone. 
And I think there was a cost to that. So I think, you know, well-being going forward is essential, but I also see it as maybe as a bit of a, a sticking plaster on, on, on the problem. Because if we just, you know, look for a simple solution of, well, okay, we need more time as a break, we've given a bit more time to, to have some time off or whatever it is and what, you know, it's almost just covering up. I think what, what the way I've sort of come about this is we, we talk a lot about getting ready. And I think it's the biggest challenge. I'm interested to get your thoughts on this, Simon, about, you know, getting a sports person ready or have a very luxurious position. We used to spend eight months of the year getting ready, competing for three months and then having a month off. You know, you know, you can't compare that to everyday life. People don't, you know, we don't, we spend very little time getting ready. We, we tackle problems having not practiced them, <laughs> you know, which sounds, I mean, as a sports person, it's laughable. You know, would you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go into an arena under pressure and do something you'd never tried before. You'd, you'd fail a few times, learn from some mistakes, build a performance, visualize it, re, you know, cement it in your, in your mind's eye, pressure test it, you know, whatever, whatever the process might be, along with all the physical stuff that goes with that over months and months and months, and then go out and, and, and perform. And then obviously you can hit, reach, reach a high level. And the, the con conversely to that, of course, we're all asked to just cope. You know, whatever the world throws at you is deal with it. So, you know, my my thinking is 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 if we can help people to get ready for what stuff face and, not, and they're armed with the tools that are required to, to, to not only cope, but thrive, that then we're in a much better place. So I don't know, how did that how did that sound to you, Simon? Is that is that is that a sort of language that you would use or? Oh, yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah. I mean, coming as, as you coming from an athlete perspective and a coach, that's exactly the sort of language I use in terms of that uh, preparation, performance or perform, review and then recover. So you go through that process. The drivers, I take drivers through that process. So they understand that preparation is the key to success. And the performance part is almost a smaller part of the actual uh, process uh, and gives you that outcome. And then you need to review uh, of, of the sort of, people call it failures, but I call it sort of a positive reflection on things that you can improve. <laughs> um, so of areas that you can improve. And I think failure is the ultimate way to learn how to improve. Um, and we rarely review success as well. And I think people need to prepare every day by setting themselves sort of daily goals as we, as we set on the Get Active program is that there's three three sort of uh, goals that you set yourself each day in your personal life and your health and your work. Even if you choose even one goal though, over a year, that's 365 or even a thousand goals a year that you're achieving. Uh, and it might be something simple like, you know, just sipping an extra glass of water a day or whatever it is. It's all of that adds up over time. So your performance um, is improved. And um, so you can optimize yourself and then you can recover effectively but I always say to the drivers as well that the process is more important than the outcome um, and never focus on the outcome, focus on the process. And I think people are sometimes a bit guilty of going through this robotic way of working every day. They get up, same breakfast, they go to work, have a cup of coffee, they sit there all day long, don't move very much. They have their usual sort of lunch. They have the same thing every day. And then they go home and go through the same process but I think if you start to reflect and look at how you can improve your well-being within that process, um, you can start over time to adapt to a, a much healthier, more positive way of working. Oh, that, that's, um, that's, that sounds, you know, utopia to me. That's, you know, I suppose the challenge that, um, that we face, it's easy and we're all, we're all guilty of this, of, of performing out of habit. 
and I, and I understand you know more than half of what we do on an everyday basis or even the thoughts that we have are the same as we had yesterday and, and it's breaking those habits is what you're saying with small steps right yeah absolutely yeah and and, and giving them the tools um so they can create uh, sort of more positive habits in their life that work for them as an individual because obviously we're all different and we all need to realize that that what what works for someone may not work for someone else in the same scenario so it's really adopting those good habits yeah definitely i think, I think half the battle as well is you know the whole principle of they call it you know delayed gratification and taking small steps towards a, 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 a bigger goal is easy in sport because we're given a a finish line you're given a rostrum i get a bottle of champagne sprayed in your face if you're an f1 driver we didn't get that in athletics i always felt a bit left out but you have that kind of moment of celebration at the end of a journey right and i think we we miss that sometimes in in business i know active are very keen on this and it's been great to be part of your rostrum moments joe you know your celebrations along the way but having that kind of lines in the sand of you know i'm this is where i am this is where i want to be present the gap and, and then go about those stepping stones, those marginal gains uh, to fill that gap is you know, that, that that's a, a fairly simple principle. I think everyone understands theoretically. And I think what that comes down to then is a level of awareness. If I, if I'm sort of interpreting what you're saying correctly, Simon, you know, that level of awareness to know where you are on that process and what habits I'm adopting that are helping me and what habits I'm adopting that are counter to me, moving down and, and, and filling that gap and and a part of what we were fortunate and, and luxurious position as an athlete was spending time with specialists to reflect and go right where truly are we not where we think we are not where we hope to we are but where truly are we and being brutally honest you know warts and all if there's any fears anxieties anything any lingering bits you're better off obviously you know exposing it in the moment and then dealing with it than pushing it to one side and hoping it will go away. So dealing with stuff along the way and then taking those tiny steps uh, over time is, is massively important. But, and I suppose what we're saying as well, from a business point of view, looking, flipping it around the other way, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this, Joe, is, you know, we're, it, we're, as I said in sport, the number one rule is don't get injured. And I suppose the equivalent in business is keep everyone well and healthy and, you know, with, on the tools. If everyone's on the tools every day, optimistic and pushing forward, the, the, the organization thrives. So how, how does how does what we've just been saying translate into, into what you do? Well, I was just thinking with business, you can think of look at it from a two prong effect, really. Firstly, I think the pandemic has given us an opportunity really to actually pause and reflect on how far we've come. And you might do that as an athlete to think, you know what, I need to think about how, how hard I've worked to, to get to this point. But equally, what does the future look like? And, and taking those moments of reflection to think, you know, what does 2025 look like for Active Digital? And when I think that far ahead, I find it quite overwhelming. But Rich is often very much in the future and always, always planning ahead, which is probably why we make a good team. But, you know, but throughout this business, one of the things that I think has been really good for me is I was chatting to O2 a little while ago, actually, on the phone and and actually, you're always trying to do better. So I think we often beat ourselves up. What could we have done more? What more could we have done? And, and this guy at O2, was like, I was chatting on the phone. He said, Joe, you know, you guys have one, been one of our most interactive partners. Uh, you know, you, you come on calls. He goes, a lot of people don't, don't turn up. Because actually, burying your head in your sand is sometimes what you want to do. And then we got awarded, you know, sort of top three partner of the year uh, and the awards last week. And, 
and they gave us some feedback that they felt actually so much resilience is built and shown through through the hard times. And we are the number one partner in the UK for uh, keeping the majority of our customers. And we kept more of our customers in the last 12 months than any other partner across the UK. And that always gives me goosebumps. You know, our team works so hard because actually getting new business is hard enough, but keeping hold of everything that you already have. We needed to hold our customers really tight and say, we're here for you. You know, anything you need technology-wise, we're going to make sure we look after you. We're going to we're going to get your account running as efficiently as possible. Yes, we want to do that even, you know, if we really were in a pandemic, we, we, we're always known for doing well. But we kept them really, really close. And, uh, and and we've been praised for that. So it's nice to know that people cool. people are always watching. There's, a, I guess, a sporting context there and you know we're, we're if we're at our best when people are watching we'll do okay right it's uh, <laughs> i think that's one of the challenges that um you know that dealing with pressure i think we haven't really touched on that as a concept but i uh, i'm interested to know simon what, in, in terms of the balance and and how what we're talking about in in terms of you know sport i think one of the things that i often think you know in translating what I learned from sport and the people I was very fortunate to work with, it's quite extreme. Um, it's quite intense. You know, you're striving to be the best in the world when in reality, we don't need to maybe push ourselves that hard because there's a cost to that in terms of other stuff going on in our lives. It's much more, the world is much more compromised, I guess. But what strikes me is the challenge of balance. And I think the challenge of balance now maybe it'll change soon as 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 the lockdown releases and we, we you know we, we return to some more something more like normality pre-covid but how does balance what what do you think when you hear that word in terms of how people are facing the challenges of, of what covid's presented yeah that's a great question and i think it comes back to that that sort of review and reflection you know and and trying to pull out the positives of and the negatives of going through that experience and what can you learn from those what you deem as negatives and what can you learn obviously from the positives to help you tran transition from this sort of lockdown period as we call it um, into uh, the sort of more normal way of society working uh, whatever normal is um, it's going to be a different normal um, as it were, but I think in a good way, in a positive way, I think businesses are learning that well-being is, is crucial to their success and their longevity. Uh, maybe businesses in general, in, in some cases, may have uh, taken that for granted um, in some ways. And I think as human beings, it's quite easy to take life for granted. And hopefully people can reflect on that, um, as we just discussed, and find that balance for themselves so as individuals, we can find balance within our nutrition, uh, within adopting a more physical uh, way of being. So going out for walks regularly, we don't have to be an Olympic athlete and, and go through that rigmarole of training and, and sort of, you know, six days a week, morning and afternoon, and sort of having your naps in the afternoon, recovering, and then optimizing your recovery through sleeping strategies, et cetera. All of that is, is very kind of high level, but I still think we can learn a, a lot from that process uh, from, from athletes, especially and especially Olympic athletes who are at the top of their game um, to actually help people and guide them to find their own balance. Uh, and I think, I think that's a really important part of what we're doing as part of the Get Active program and being lucky enough to speak to somebody like yourself uh, through that process. 
This podcast is sponsored by Active Digital, a business communications company and Apple partner that puts cutting edge technology in your hands. Visit our website to see our latest offers or download our free customer app by searching Active Digital in the iOS app store. Built for business, built for you. Yeah, that's cool. I, I think the, the other the other aspect is is clarity, and we bang on a lot about clarity. And you've sort of touched on it there with your your, your three goal approach. I'm quite I'm quite hard in this. I'm sort of quite gentle with other stuff, but I don't I actually go so far as I say I don't think anyone's got enough clarity. Anyone, and I say that quite sort of categorically because the world changes from from a second to second basis. So we can't. It's impossible to have enough clarity, and I, and I almost say that slightly sort of tongue-in-cheek but I say it because it came from a world which was so finite I mean not dissimilar to, to yours but you know the one unusual aspect about athletics as a sport is that it's so objective um, you know I threw an 800 gram javelin um, from a flat surface in a stadium you know in a sector that was 30 degrees the grass was flat no things didn't change we knew the date the time the venue we knew the criteria under which we were going to be judged we were told what to wear you know it was, it was so it was so not you know unchanging clinical very structured and the the reason i present that backdrop is that i would also caveat by saying that most people most of the people i competed against lost clarity because well, actually, I don't really know why. You know, the Germans always got too strong. Um, they just loved the gym. Oh, it's stronger. And like, what are you getting so strong for? It's only an 800 gram javelin. You're not quick enough. I always beat them. Other people lost their way. They maybe overtrained in the last few days before the competition. No, back off. You don't need to train now. The work's done. All you can do is get in your own way. So th- there'll be nuances of, of things that people, their beha- their, where their behavior didn't fit the clarity that they may have designed in their heads. And you kind of go, that's madness. And it's why I, I, I make such a point of it, because in this ever-changing, strange world of change, where the environment's changing, the opposition's changing, the technology's changing, Joe, right? Yeah. How can we? We know we're juggling this stuff and trying to, you know, invent clarity. So I think. Coming out of this COVID thing is, you know, we don't know what the new normal will look like. I appreciate what you say there, Simon. But what I do know is that the people who will thrive were the ones who, first of all, embrace change, of course. They'll be the ones who make no presupposition as to what the future will look like. They will see it truly through honest and open eyes. And and, and I think that they'll also be, be almost malleable to 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 work and 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 as it as it all unfolds to to change to to what it presents and that flexibility with clarity is very tough especially with teams of course but where if one person's supposed to be doing a job and they're going the opposite direction because they've seen it a different way wow then the team's all thrown and the synergy that we we know is important in teams and then we start going wow it's, it's too complex so so clarity 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 almost on a daily basis for me is understanding assessing Assess and evolve. Assess and evolve is the, is the language we would always have used. Um, and assessing in a sporting tense, I, I appreciate it's a lot easier. But, um, I, I, you know, we talk about, you know, power through clarity. And I think it's the biggest challenge going forward. You know, you talk about five year plan. And it's like you know, we work in four year plans because that's the Olympic structure. Although it became five years because the Olympics been bumped <laughs> back. Uh, no, nobody saw that coming. So, but But that now is almost possibly too far because of the potential for for things to change in on a you know second by second basis, month by month certainly. So yeah, I, I, I tend to 
be a little bit, you know, bang on the drum about this one, but um, I'm quite keen for that sort of keeping the head up, taking it as much data in as we can to retain a, a keen awareness of where we are, who we are, what we're doing, what the next step is. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, let's go kind of approach is, um, is, is, is where the, the organisations that will thrive going forward. Sorry, I get quite passionate about that, but it, I really feel strongly. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree with you. I, th- I think it's, it's that adaptation, isn't it? It's, it? You know, as an athlete, you're, you're starting with a base and then you're layering up this, your sort of athletic performance to build that robustness, both mentally and physically. And then you go through that constant adaptation to improve yourself. And in some cases, you might have to regress at certain times if you haven't optimised your recovery. But I think if you can get those... Um, if you can get that balance of mindset, sort of um, mindset, movement, nutrition and recovery and find that balance to optimize your performance, uh, then, you know, at whether you're an athlete or, or an office worker or a taxi driver or whatever you're doing to, 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 to sort of live and, and earn your living is to use that same ethos. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. The, the, the one thing I would add is clarity of what success is. Because, you know, for, I think the, the other challenge, and I think something we've all probably reflected on something that has been given a real shunt during COVID is to what success actually looks like for ourselves. And, and it's the first question I always ask in my sort of coaching work is, you know, what is, what is success? Because, of course, it, it naturally will be different from one person to the next. And unless we're clear for ourselves and clear with the team. We, 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 there's no way we're going to get that alignment uh, going on and just wanting more isn't it isn't clear enough it doesn't you know a level and a, and a finish line is so important we, we we know that and also rewarding ourselves to get that balance that we've that we've discussed so yeah it's we're unfolding a lot of um performance uh s- stuff here simon i'm conscious it's um it's a, it's a bit of a a can of worms in some sense but also one that i think coming back to that word clarity that we need to keep it super simple you know when the environment can be so complex and unfathomable you kind of go oh, let's keep it really simple and 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 decide what the next step is and that's it and then we'll take, we'll take it from there kind of approach i quite i quite like that nowadays i don't know if that's an age thing clarity no. you've always always been one of your favorite words i've heard you talk about clarity so much and the amount of times i've sat down with you over a cup of coffee and and I've talked about success and you go, Joe, what is success to you? And it's just. <laughs> so, sorry, Joe. <laughs> coaching mode. It's okay, I get a free coaching session, so that was all right. But Simon's been doing some work with our team on goal setting. And I think you'll find this quite interesting, Steve. So I don't know where you get the, the layers of clarity and goal setting. So Simon will be helping uh, all of the individuals to look at their sort of short-term goals and then your long-term goals. Simon, tell Steve a bit about what you've been doing to help help our employees really think about those goals? Yeah, so I came up with this um, perform goal process. Um, So you take them through a sort of logical framework process um, where you look at your aspirational goals, what you ultimately want to achieve. uh, And then you go through your action goals and actually start to break down and understand the actual goal, you know, what, what will build up towards those aspirational goals, those stepping stones. And then to clarify what barriers that you may face and what challenges that you may face and then think about the solutions um, from that. So what, what, you, what will you put in place in order to overcome those challenges? And then, and then from there, you clarify what your action goals are to work towards these aspirational goals. And then you end up with your daily goals in, health, in the areas of health, work uh, and uh, personal. 
and then you set those sort of three goals a day. So for example, personal might be uh, that I'm going to read my son uh, a book uh, tonight on BFG, whatever it is. Your work might be that you will achieve your deadline that you've been meaning to get done <laughs> on a particular area or you, you're looking to present and you need to get that done. So get the work done in that area. And then your health goal might be that you need to cut down on coffee and maybe supplement that with some uh, sort of water. Um, so maybe having one less coffee and two cups of water, whatever it might be, just to hydrate more effectively. And then, and then the next day you set yourself another goal, another goal, et cetera. And then over time, then you build towards these aspirational goals um, eventually that you want to achieve. So then you have the clarity, clarity uh, to, to understand exactly where you're heading and your journey and, and give you direction. I, and it stops that robotic way of living and it gives you direction in your life. Perfect. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. Very, very similar kind of model to what we would have adopted. And, and yeah, the, the, the language we'd use is, you know, if you've, got, if you've got clarity in your heart, your head and your hands simultaneously, as in your why, your what and your how, and they're working in harmony, you, you, you're flying. And it's so much easier said than done, right? Because it's so easy to become a busy fool and react to the emails and, and get busy with our hands and our and the present and, and actually finish the day and go, have I made a step in the direction that I'm chosen, choosing to take that's going to take me towards my um, aspirational goal? And if, if the answer to that is yes, then great. And, it, and if it's not, then, then that, that, needs, that needs readdressing. So, yeah, I love that. Great, great. Preempt, preempting, I, I guess, is a, is, a, is a key part of what you do and making sure that almost snagging the future. Would you, would you have ever used that phrase in terms of preempting problems rather than waiting for them to come along and deal with them? Yeah, I think, I think prehabilitation as part of an athlete's form of training to help prevent injury is, is super important. And, and we can definitely use that same, that same sort of principle and apply that to business. I think if you, could, if you can forecast and see potential problems in the future and find solutions to help prevent that, um, I think uh, through the health and medical industry, that works really well through physiotherapy, uh, sort of prehabilitation in that respect um, to help prevent in injuries and problems in, in sort of athletes, but, uh, but also uh, for the office worker or the leader of business. Um, I think that's crucial um, that, they, they, that they adopt that, that, that sort of way of thinking and that ethos, undoubtedly. So, yeah, no, I think it's really important. When we think about well-being, do you think as well leaders of the organisation obviously need to be role models for, for their staff because everyone looks to them? And even if you're thinking about, I mean, for example, if I'm not moving and I'm not keeping fit, that, that probably doesn't give great role modelling and I don't take any breaks. So, I mean, Steve, how, how have you been keeping fit? Because, you know, you like the gym. The gym has been closed for a year and you want to be that role model to your daughters. What, what do you, how do you do that? Oh, uh, don't. I'm a bit weird, Joe. <laughs> so, I was telling Richard this. I, so I, at the start of lockdown, I invested in this crazy cycling system. Right. Um, Zwift. It's a, it's a, oh, I love that. That's yeah, brilliant. It's, it's amazing. And, and so in February... <laughs> I decided to, so one of the hardest rides is you climb the Alp d'Huez. It's, it's a GPS replica of that Alp d'Huez called Alp de Zwift. It's, a, uh, it's about an hour, 70 minutes, 80 minutes on an easy one, 60-ish on it. The goal is to break an hour for an average cyclist. I'm too heavy to cycle, so I'm, I'm at the slower end of that. So I went, right, I'm going to do it every day in February, just, just to see what happens. You know, just, and it's horrible. Your heart rate's at sort of one, 
60 for, for most of that hour. You know, it's a hard pushing one. You know, at 20 minus your age, it should be your peak. I'm, 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 I'm right up there on where I should be. So, I, so my sister's a, a physio, so she's actually a chat with me. Although she's just as mad. But I did that every day in February. I did the climb just to see what would happen. I thought, I thought I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to feel amazing. And I'm going to march. I'm going to smash. I'm going to take on the world, right? Because we're locked down. What, you know, why, not, why not make an investment? I put on weight. I felt knackered. I ate for England. <laughs> I, needed, I needed to chat to Simon to manage the rest. I was, eat, I was going to the fridge and just eating all the, everything I could eat. I was so hungry. Because the cycling, I was on the bike for hours every day. Yeah, it was tough, but it was—it actually was a real good insight. I'm not an endurance athlete, as you probably tell, um, so it went against the grain somewhat. But but uh, it got me through February. Uh, as a plus sign. <laughs> <laughs> tell you about the time we went running together. <laughs> Go on. You know when I said to you that Richard's like—he's either all. Oh over. yes. Yeah. Take off. Yes. When we went on holiday to France once. I said we were going to go for a run. You know. But Richard just ran 100 metres as quickly as he could and then just went home. Yeah, he's, defi- <laughs> he's definitely more of a Usain Bolt than a Mo Farah, let's put it that way. <laughs> I thought he a few miles. 100 metres, he's done. <laughs> Back to the fridge. But then he'd go again, right? <laughs> probably. He'd probably have a lie down for 20 minutes saying, that's, that's what sprinters do. That's how they train. That's it. <laughs> talking about fitness we must talk about tokyo obviously you're known for doing commentating i always get to hear your voice in the background if there's an olympics going on so summer summer olympics in tokyo i'm assuming you're not going to japan no we heard recently actually the 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 commentary will be from salford so yeah we'll be on the night shift on japanese timings not quite sure how that's going to work but it will make it happen as best we can you know it's one of those the athletes will be doing they'll be so shepherded and 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 controlled it's going to be very unusual uh, for the athletes but again you know it's the ones who are able to go with that you know similar to what we were saying earlier the ones who just don't feel comfortable and then focus on feeling uncomfortable so you know competing in the championships is being comfortable at feeling uncomfortable and, and there'll be more uncomfortable athletes in Japan than ever before. Not having crowds will feel unusual. It won't feel real. It will feel surreal, probably. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough for them. We'll sit in, uh, you know, we'll be sitting in our various commentary positions and, and um, doing the easier job of talking about it. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I just hope it goes ahead, Joe, because, you know, oh, the athletes, yeah. you know, to have worked so hard and, 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 you know, years of dreaming and aspiring. And, you know, you, you get a very small window in athletics, especially where you might have two or three years where you're at your optimum between somewhere in mid to late twenties, probably. Some yeah, it's a little felt, wider window than that. Yeah, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't yeah. fall, you, you, you know, the likes of Dina Asher-Smith who won in Doha 2019, world champion. Katerina Johnson-Thompson won the heptathlon, beat uh, Nafi Tiam. You know, the momentum, you know, sports people talk a lot about momentum and creating momentum. And that momentum was was halted. So the ones who can generate momentum, optimism, you could call it, are the ones who will thrive and, and, and stand strong under pressure. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be very interesting dynamic, assuming it goes ahead. As we stand, you know, putting 205 countries, whatever it is, into one country seems unlikely. 
if I'm if I'm honest. But I'm sure there's a there's a plan, and 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 I hope, fingers crossed, that it goes ahead and and it goes ahead without causing any further problems. Yeah, yeah, I might be a bit behind on my on my news, but you know, I heard that Japan are quite behind on, on their vaccines as well, which 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 isn't great news. But I mean, you know, for some people, I suppose it's their first Olympic. For some people, it's their last. Like you say, it could be their last Olympics, their last their last chance. Uh, you know, at their peak fitness and. We, we're very we've got some amazing clients as, as you know including yourself Steve and you know we look after some of the taekwondo team like Jade Jones and Bianca Ward and we had them on our one of our team zoom calls which was brilliant and I and I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to ask them the question but I said you know how are you getting on how are things because like you, they still don't know if they're probably going but but they had such a great answer you know they just said well, we, we train to, to go, we train to win, you know, and that's that winning mindset that we've talked about today is, you know, all they do is they train, they train as if they're going, that's all they can do. And and, and the cliched line from sport is, and, and it, again, it's one that's easier said than done, is to control the controllables. You know, there are things that you can influence, there are things you can't, there are things that concern you that you can't influence, let them go. And And, you know, one of the things that they can't, control is whether it happens or not all they can do is commit themselves so yeah there's a lot of theory that goes but of course you've got to buy in as we were saying about the goal you've got to buy in emotionally as well as your actions uh, and and as we all know if it doesn't feel real it's very hard to make it feel real i just hope that there's a sense of you know it will happen it, it, at the moment it's on it's happening you know so crack on you know at the moment it's full steam ahead and and, and i think um it will present challenges and I don't doubt that in terms of how the competitions unfold but the championships always does it's what I loved about them because people trip over people a lot of people struggle with it because you can't do what you normally would do and people almost almost use that as an excuse it's like oh well I can't I can't do it because I can't do well don't change them do it a different way you know, and there's a bit of a, a metaphor, I suppose, in, for COVID there, you know, is, is, is adapting and working with what we can, you know, influence and, and in potentially what we can control. I mean, that's the ultimate the stuff that we can physically actually control, let alone influence. So, um, no, there's a lot going on there. I just fingers crossed for the athletes. Um, hopefully we'll get a few gold medals, a few, any, any medals, you know, is, is something to cherish. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be hopefully a fantastic games. And, and final question, Steve, I mean, who are the ones to watch, I suppose, from in the athletics world, who, who should Simon and I be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, look, I, I mentioned um, to there, watch out for, for Katerina Johnson-Thompson. She goes in the heptathlon. She's the reigning world champion. Nafi Tiam of Belgium is, is her main contender. But uh, Kat showed in the World Championships in Doha that she can, you know, rule the world. And, and, and you know, we wanted to, to go on to bigger and better things. And, 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 and I mentioned also Dina Asher-Smith. You maybe add Laura Muir to, to that as a, as a trio of women. On, on the men's side, probably not as strong, actually. You know, relays, we, we always come back to. But, uh, potentially in the relays, the middle distance is coming strong again. So, um, yeah, look, it, it, it's actually, do you know what the strange thing to that question, Joe? It's been such a long time. You know, I wrote a piece on this this morning to go in the Metro. You know, it's been such a long time for athletes that they've actually been able to perform and, you know, do what they do best. Um, we don't really know. We don't really know what the opposition is capable, capable of. And a lot of athletes don't know what they're capable of. So there's another unknown. Mm. So that will make it even more 
you know, nerve jangling, uncertain, and all that stuff that we love about live sports. So what, what we do know is that Team GB has a habit of delivering when it matters. I think, you know, the statistic that came from the last Olympics was that was we were the first ever nation to build on a home uh, tally of medals. So um, 47 medals in Beijing became 65 medals in London, became 67 medals in Rio. And every nation prior, when they'd hosted the games, the next games, it, it fell off. We got better. This one's going to be a challenge, uh, undoubtedly, you know, but a, a medal tally in those kind of numbers would be, would be amazing. Oh, wow. It is that British fighting spirit, isn't it? Yes, yes, indeed. It's in, it's in our blood, I'm sure, <laughs> to go out to win. Oh, it's been so great chatting to you, Steve. I'm so pleased that I was able to introduce you to Simon and you guys. I know you've got so much in common anyway. Uh, for sure. Look forward to, to um, doing it all again with a, with, a, with a cold beer in a pub or, oh, or yeah. at an event or somewhere, somewhere, uh, somewhere maybe more uh, sociable. Yeah, well, with lockdown easing, we'll, we'll definitely get that in the diary. But thank you so much, Steve, and thank you, Simon, for, for, for hosting with me again. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Simon. Really appreciate your time. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And if you can, please leave us a rating and a review. You can also find Active Digital on all of your favourite social media channels and our website, activedigital.co.uk.